illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can cuts to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how are you doing? Doing good. I'm I'm on my uh, fourth day of the the Taco Bell 30 day challenge. Ooh, what's your so, average um, cost per taco? I am down to two dollars and fifty cents a taco right nice, now. Nice, nice, nice. So for for those of you who don't know, Taco Bell a couple days ago they had a small window where you could order the Taco Pass on the app, and they charge you ten dollars, and you get thirty days of one taco a day. Yeah. So my goal is to have 30 tacos. So, so far I'm four for four. Not too bad. That'll make what? Each taco like 30 cents? Yeah, I don't know what it all is. I haven't done the math when it all gets down to it. That sounds about right. It, it's going quick, but, you know, yeah. as, as you progress, it doesn't it doesn't move the bar well, as far. Yeah, when you got one day and it's 10 bucks and you got two days and it drops to five. Yeah, and then three, 3.33, and then four, 2.50, and then it, it just kind of kind of flattens out. So. Yeah. Not to the we're five, not to the, it goes down yeah. to two bucks. But but I think I don't know what a Doritos Locos Taco Supreme costs, but I think I'm at least broken even at this oh, point. Oh, you get a you I, get a you get a Supreme version? You you can do any taco you want. Ooh. Soft, crispy, supreme, regular, Doritos Locos, standard, whatever you want. It just has to be a taco. So Okay, I'm gonna see how much it is. It is. Remember, remember when I called you the other day and you called me back and you're like, you called me and I'm like, I didn't call you and you're like, yes, you called me. I'm like, I can't remember what it was. It was I was calling you to tell you to go buy the taco pass. So a nacho cheese Doritos Locos Tacos Supreme, three dollars and nineteen cents. Dude, I am already in the positive. This is awesome. Yeah. There you go. I, I don't know if that's nationwide. I some some things might be different, but yeah, but but still, that's what that's what it said there. 
even if you cost average it at three bucks a taco. You're, still, you're making money. Ahead. Yeah. You're printing money, baby. <laughs> I feel like the Biden administration. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, the purpose of illegal participation is thus to talk beaver sports, tailgate, and anything else we find interesting and fun every week. If you want to listen to us, you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most other tail uh, podcatchers. If you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on X, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook, and Beej. Billy. We got an email. I, you know, it's actually one of my favorite things to, to get. I mean, at least one email. It'd be cool if we cut like two emails, and I think we've done that like once. Yeah. But just an email is kind of exciting. We got an email from a listener Chris Sully Sullivan. Has Chris written to us before? Oh, yeah, several times. Okay, okay. So Sully writes, good evening, gentlemen. I love the podcast. Emailed you several times. Just a bit oh, of feedback. There, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Just a bit of feedback. The last couple of podcasts have been super low volume. Not sure if something changed, but I've been listening for years now, and only recently has this issue come up. Thanks for continuing to entertain. Sully, I don't think I've changed anything. But you know, when I, I, I was I was on speaker last week. Yes, because I, I, oh, oh, go ahead. You know, I was gonna say, yeah, you you didn't sound great last week. Yeah, okay, I'm I'm back on non-speaker. I'm just talking on my phone now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it sounds better now. Just me listening to it through my headphones. Uh, okay, all right. But I haven't changed anything. But I'll double check to make sure when I'm uploading everything that nothing's switched on us. Because sometimes uh, the the apps and stuff i use uh update and it'll screw everything up mm-hmm. so i'll go back and look but anyways thanks for the email Sully. we appreciate it yeah all right beach you ready to talk some beaver sports news billy i'm always ready to talk beaver sports news where are we at this week are you sure am i going to be disappointed i mean well, it's just, are we going to end in ties and losses is that what this <laughs> week is all about i didn't say that you did let's start with some women's volleyball you know, too bad this is just a, a, a audio podcast because at least if it's visual, we'd have pictures, and at least there's a positive. It's kind of like when I go out on a date with a girl. It's like I go to a really nice restaurant because at least if the date sucks, I'm like, yeah, but the food was amazing, right? Yeah. So if if we had like visual and audio, we'd be like, well, the Beavers lost, but damn, those girls look good in those shorts this week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So what we're saying is we we got no pictures of good-looking girls in shorts. We're stuck listening to bad news and losses and ties because ties are just losses that are hidden. Anyway, well, go on. Well, Beach, the Oregon State Volleyball team dropped the four-set road match to Utah on Friday night. Michael Vernon paced the Beavs with 16 kills, while Elizabeth Schuster had a team-high 24 assists. Did, did, did you hear, and maybe we'll jump in this later, that freaking Utah bought their freaking fo- like 50 some players on their football team trucks pickup trucks no it was 85 85 <laughs> no, no sorry 85 pickup trucks. Every, every scholarship player every scholarship player got a brand new pickup lease lease yeah and insurance paid for so did uh did uh did the volleyball team get those two no just football oh, okay just just one well and this, you- well this is on a separate yeah i know they lose and what do they all get <laughs> new brand new ram leased um so, um, I, I was wondering about that because, um, that the, see, I think it's a booster owns the dealership. Is it Larry, is it Larry Miller? No. Um, 
See, it's from the Crimson Collective. Is that a is that a uh, that's their NIL organization? That is such a scam. Well, the Oregon State has one too. Uh, who who owns it? It's a it, it's its own entity. It's not part of the university. So it's is it owned by several boosters? It's it's yeah. And then they essentially organize a way to fund money to the players. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so it's a free lease for a year on a 2024 Dodge Ram 1500 Bighorn Night Edition truck. Retail price of each truck is 61 grand. Um, and we'll have the opportunity to lease a truck for free from United Fleet Management with everything covered by Crimson Collective donors, including insurance, as long as they remain on scholarship at the university. So Ken, Ken Garf Automotive mm. um, can sell the trucks to the public after the lease ends. Matt Garf, the chair of the Crimson Collective and part owner of the Ken Garf Automotive Group. Ah, so yeah, yeah it's part of the deal. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So wasn't planning on talking about that, but I'd seen that and I was seeing names and then I saw the Garf Automotive Group and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? So, yeah. I, I just, you know, it's it's going to make you wonder how small teams are going to be able to get any talented players. It's dirty. It, it's freaking dirty Doesn't as hell. It just feel dirty. I, I mean, it's like, why do you even worry about having a limit on scholarships now? I wonder, I wonder, don't this name and image and likeness is just going to buy the players. I wonder how they, I wonder how they pay the taxes on this. Hmm. They should be getting taxed on it. It's a gift. You're getting gifted. I mean, what's, what's a lease on a brand new truck like that beach? 800 Um, bucks. I I know, no, you're probably talking on a $61,000 rig with current interest rates. I would think you're talking about twelve to fourteen hundred dollars a month. A month, yeah, yeah, and the so, insurance. I mean, they could well take that back. You could do like an ultra low mileage lease, so that might save you a little bit. Limit them to like ten thousand miles a year. Um, so I don't. Yeah, it depends on how the lease is structured. I, I, well, I'm just it's, but, regardless. But you're, still at, you're still looking at minimum of a thousand bucks. Yeah, plus insurance. Uh huh. And for and for eighteen year olds. Two hundred, three hundred dollars a month. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so, so thir- let, let's just let's just say fourteen hundred dollars total times eighty five. You said. Yeah. So what does that translate out to? Oh, I think they said it was. I can't remember how many million it was a year. And and is it, so will they keep the same truck for the whole time they're there? Was it, I, I, it, they didn't say. Because that, that's interesting how – because the question is, do they get it one year? Do they get it four years? What if their scholarship? Do they have to return it? Who pays? I don't well, know. Well, it's, it's, it's scholarship. What if, what if they leave? Yeah. But uh, I can tell you one thing. That dealer hit his uh, sales objective for the month. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I wonder how he even got 85 rigs. I don't know. Anyway. 85 of those trucks, yeah. All yeah, right, Beach. Tough, tough yeah. All right, Beach. Uh, let's keep, keep back on here with uh, uh, volleyball. Mm-hmm. So on Sunday afternoon, Oregon State took on Colorado. 
And after forcing a fifth set with a valiant win in the fourth, the Oregon State Volleyball team dropped the five-set affair to Colorado. Mega Sheridan led the Beavs with a career-best 18 kills, while Peyton Seuss followed with 17 and Michael Vernon added 15. The Beavs are now 5-11 and overall, 0-6 in the Pac-12, and will return to the confines of Gill Coliseum for the beginning of a four-match homestand. First up is Arizona State on Friday, October 13th at 7 p.m., and that can be seen on the OSU live stream. I, I, my, my, my mind wanders to uh, that uh, Beastie Boys song where he says, let the beat drop. 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 Because it seems like we're dropping. Yep. Anyway. Okay. Well, yep. I, you know, I had, I had a lot of hopes for the, um, the volleyball team this year. Uh, pretty much dashed. Gone. Toasted. Um, on to something better. Well, Beach, let's soccer. move on to women's soccer. All righty then. Is it better? Well, Beach, the Oregon State women's soccer fell to number five UCLA six to nothing Thursday evening in Los Angeles. So one of them drops like the like the Beastie Boys, and the other one falls like Biden going upstairs. Yeah, and I, there's not much to say when you lose six to nothing. As yeah, but it's okay. They took on. Number but 15. They short, but they look good in those shorts, they, Billy. They took on number 15 USC Sunday afternoon in LA and dropped that game four to nothing. Yeah, but in defense, you're probably having to dodge bullets and stuff and you know, keep homeless. Yeah. yeah, and keep keep the homeless off the field. So the Beavs are three, six, and four overall, 0 4 and 1 in the Pac 12, and will return home on Friday to take on Arizona. Well, hopefully, uh, Friday will be a better day. Okay, Beach, but we're not going to talk about any more losses. Okay, we're going to talk about wins now. Let's talk about oh, men's no. soccer. Oh, God, we tied, didn't we? The Oregon State men's soccer team battled UCLA to a 2-2 draw Thursday evening at Paul Lorenz Field. The Beavs opened the scoring in the first minute of the contest and went ahead 2-0 early in the second half. But the Bruins proved resilient as UCLA battled back to tie the match. Freaking most Bullshit sport I've ever heard in my life. But Beach, uh, on Sunday afternoon, they make, up the, they make up the time. They don't win to. They don't play to a win. Uh, they hand out little cards to everybody. They they get they they fall down when they get nothing done to them, and they act like they like are losing their spleen. Um, yeah, it's a worthless sport. Well, Beach, the Oregon State men's soccer team took on number twenty-two San Diego State Sunday afternoon at Lorenz Field, and they tied again and battled to a hard-fought two-two draw. The teams went back and forth throughout the match with the Beavs striking first on Dante Williams' goal before the Aztecs tied things up in the second half. Logan Farrington put the Beavs in front from the penalty spot with three minutes to play, but the Aztecs were able to level the score with 57 seconds to go. 57 seconds of made-up time because the guy's just making it up as he goes because they don't have a freaking clock. The Beavs are now 5-3-3 overall, 2-0-3 in the Pac-12, and will hit the road next weekend for a Saturday matchup with Portland. You know, we've talked about this before, but, you know, it is. Literally, soccer is four rocks and a ball, right? Yeah. It's four rocks and a ball, and they don't even have a freaking clock. Some dude's just keeping it saying, oh, I got the time. Nope, nope, nope. I, yep. Actually, I say that that's in college uh, soccer, they actually stop the clock. Do they? Do they actually yeah. have a clock? It's not some yeah. dude on the field just no. making it up as he goes. No, that's that's, that's for the pros. That's pros. Is that yeah. what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Anyway, stupid sport. Okay, 
Really? Yes, B. You hear that? I do. Oh, hold on here. Hold on. Hold on. Yes, Beach. Oh, shit. Got my water. Okay. Okay, Billy. Stupid machine. Um, okay. Uh, this just in. ESPN's Heather Dinich recently announced her new porn career. It seems she decided to blow every player on the UFO football team, including the coaching staff, on Saturday. She wrote this for ESPN. There is no greater reason than Oregon's sheer dominance to this point. With the exception of its road win at Texas Tech, Oregon has manhandled its opponents on both sides of the ball, scoring at least 42 points in each game while holding teams to no more than 10. While the committee doesn't ask teams to run up the score, it does look for them to leave no doubt they are the better team against the lesser competition, and Oregon has done that. The Ducks also have a Heisman contender in quarterback Bo Nix, and that has been a uh, trait of the past CFP teams. After swishing and spitting some Glacier Cherry Gatorade and wiping her face with a hot towel and then taking off her knee-stained blue jeans for a brand-new pair of green and yellow Nike Phoenix fleece sweatpants, Heather's starting a new OnlyFans where she will say anything for a few bucks and a shot in the mouth. This has been your Heiner Tailgater update from Eugene. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't get it. Apparently, uh, yeah. So, anyway, moving on, Billy. All right, Beach. Are you ready to go under further review for... <laughs> you, you, you don't quite know how to take that one, do you? No, I don't know where to go with it. <laughs> so, we're just going to leave it be. And we're going to move on to under further review for week number six in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Okay. All right, Beach. Uh, So moving into this week, you were at 29 out of 41, Kyle at 32 out of 41, and I was at 33 out of 41. All right, but we only had three games. Short week this week. Three games that we picked. All the games were on Saturday the 7th. First up. What? That's, no, that's kind of crazy. Half the teams didn't have games this week. Yeah. Yep. First up, Washington State at UCLA. We all we all picked Wazoo. Correct. The UCLA Bruins forced four turnovers and pressured Wazoo quarterback Cam Ward all afternoon Saturday in a 25 to 17 victory over the 13th ranked Cougs. Now, Ward, uh, the junior who averaged 347 passing yards and completed 74% of his passes in the first four games, threw his first two interceptions of the season and was 19 of 39 for 197 yards in the TD. UCLA also sacked Ward three times, along with six quarterback hurries. Washington State went three and out on eight of its 16 possessions and was held to just 216 total yards. Now the Bruins were able to convert their four takeaways into 16 points, two touchdowns and a field goal. The Bruins trailed 17 to 12 going into the fourth quarter until they got a pair of touchdowns from Keegan Jones. Now the Bruin offense beach ran 97 plays during the game, including 53 rushing attempts for 225 yards. So they really had Chip Kelly's, blur offense going that he ran at Oregon all the time 
They really, mm-hmm. they really had it moving. Mm. Yeah. Now Carson Steele had his first hundred yard game as a Bruin with 140 yards and 30 carries. Freshman quarterback Dante Moore struggled early in curling a pair of first half interceptions that led to 10 Washington State points, but he finished 22 of 44 for 290 yards and a TD. I think that's really important. The bees really have to stiffen up that run defense. Didn't, uh, well, and was, was it this game that, uh, dad and I were talking, uh, that, uh, they never set the, the defense never set for who, uh, for, for UCLA. Yeah. They were always, uh, kind of in a standing up position. Yeah. Yeah. So they, the Washington, uh, quarter the Washington state quarterback, couldn't uh, make very good reads. Yeah, correct. So, yeah, if you looked at their front guys, they were all kind of in a standing position. No one was down. Lots of movement pre-snap. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Is that, is that new for UCLA? Have they not done that before? I have not seen them do it before. But, you know, you're always looking to see what you can do to disrupt the other guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of football. Yeah. You and watch film. I was going to say, and sometimes you only got one chance at it because it ain't going to go around the next the next week. Well, and that's, so. you know, that's, that's kind of classic for the NFL. Some guy will come in and light it up one year, you know, some quarterback. Oh, look at that. They can't stop him. But NFL defenses can adjust, mm-hmm. and everyone will figure out what the weakness is. So, case in point is Colin Kaepernick. He had one, maybe two really good seasons, and then everyone kind of figured out how to defend him. All right. Uh, so we none of us got the win there. Up next, Colorado at Arizona State. We all picked uh, primetime on this one. So Colorado quarterback Shadur Sanders accounted for two touchdowns and hit wide receiver Javon Antonio on a 43-yard pass to set up Alejandro Mata's 43-yard field goal with 12 seconds left, lifting Colorado to a 27-24 win over Arizona State on Saturday. Now the Sun Devils sacked Sanders five times and gave him little time to find receivers downfield. Sanders, the nation's second-leading passer at 356 yards per game, was held to just 239 yards on 26 of 42 passing. The coach's son was still effective when he needed to be, running for a TD in the first half and hitting Javon Antonio on a nine-yard score in the fourth quarter. Now, after Arizona State tied it with 50 seconds left, Sanders found Antonio again, this time on a 43-yard connection that set up Mata's winning kick to give Colorado its first Pac-12 win in a year. That so, was, uh, you know, I, I the Oregon State game had started before the Colorado game ended, mm-hmm. so we flipped it over. But I'm I'm not watching it on my phone, but I'm watching the statistics on my phone. You know, as it refreshes and tells me where the ball's at and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like going, to, and it was just back and forth for the last three minutes. We were laughing because like the first half of the um, Oregon State game was done, and Colorado was only used up like two minutes left of their, you know. Yeah. On their game, it was it was the longest freaking two minutes. Yeah, and uh, so no, that was uh, that was a, a heck of an effort on Colorado. Did you see the statistics on how many people are watching Colorado? Oh, a boatload. It was like forty. So it, like up to game week five, isn't are we week five? You said right. This is week six. Okay, well maybe it was up to week five. They had like forty-two million. Maybe it was week six. Forty-two million. Yeah. Uh, viewers. Yeah. For all of their games. Yeah. And then the next closest was like USC with like 30 million or something like that. Yeah. 
or maybe and then Oregon I think was up there but I mean even Oregon State wasn't doing too bad I mean they were like I think in the top 10 or something uh, yeah but, yeah well but Colorado just dominated well they've also been given a lot of very good uh kickoff times okay prominent okay. kickoff times you know prominent channels you're not getting buried on ESPN you know two or ESPN U yeah. or you're not on the Ocho yeah exactly yeah Okay, so we all got the win there. I thought, um, again, I, it, I, Sanders looks good, but Arizona State did a good job of putting pressure on him. Mm-hmm. So, and he no, gave it, up it, a lot of sacks. I was just surprised. It was a, it was a fun game. Yeah. All right, Beach, the last game that we picked for the week, Arizona at USC. And uh, uh, you and I picked Arizona. Kyle... Kyle picked them in a Troy. Yeah, I hate you, Kyle. Um, yeah, and like I well, said, Kyle probably Kyle probably hates himself right now too. Well, and like I said, I was going into that game. I my thing is is uh, is uh, Jaden Delora going to be starting at quarterback for Arizona? Mm-hmm. And and he didn't. But USC quarterback Caleb Williams rushed for three touchdowns before running for a two point conversion in the third overtime. And number nine USC stopped Arizona's final attempt in a wild 43 to 41 victory Saturday night. Now Williams passed for 219 yards and accounted for four total touchdowns for the Trojans, who botched a 25-yard field goal attempt on the final snap of regulation after Williams led a 59-yard drive in the last two minutes and eight seconds. Now for Arizona quarterback Noah Fafita passed for 303 yards and threw two of his five touchdown passes to Jacob Cowan in overtime. But the Wildcats blew a big lead, committed 99 yards of penalties, and fell just short of a signature victory under third-year coach Jed Fish. 99 yards on penalties? Yeah, that's not good. No. Yeah, and so I still don't think USC is the ninth-best team in the nation. I don't think they're the third-best team in the Pac-12 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb Williams is an impressive athlete, but like dad says, he's playing street ball. Mm-hmm. Um, if he has to, what I say, freelance, like everything kind of falls apart around him and he needs to kind of just get out there and freelance and, you know, that kind of like Johnny, Johnny football was that way. Wasn't exactly. It? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so it'll work in college, but it will never work in the pros. Mm-hmm. And I, He's not super fast, but he's kind of shifty. And like the one touchdown that that uh, Williams scored in 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 the uh, overtime, he wasn't super fast, but he's just really evasive. He does a good job of eluding tacklers, and he knows where to be just to be just out of the reach of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really impressed with Fafita. I thought he looked great. Um, Makes me a little worried heading into that Arizona game in a couple weeks. Yeah, but uh, you know they they played well. They well played I, I well. keep te- I, I keep telling people they're like, oh, Oregon State's looking good. I'm like, you know what? I'm not comfortable about any game we played this year. I keep saying since the first but, week the Pac-12 is good outside of Stanford. They're they're freaking tight. Stanford's and not a very just, good football team. Anybody else? It's good, and it's hard to win on the road. Yeah. You know? I mean, I feel like we've been um, lucky so far, um, but every every week it's you know I'm just I, I again I hope we don't get cocky we we stay close to home we we 
practice. I, I feel um, um, I feel one thing that since Smith has taken over, we don't seem to um, crash so much in like the fourth quarter, like where you start to get tired. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're we're better um, conditioned, better, prepared, better conditioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so. that was it was a good game. And my thing is the last play Arizona ran for their last two point conversion. It was just garbage. They ran a pitch off to the left. USC what? ran a run blitz right into it. It's exactly what they were what they were planning on Arizona running. And I thought that's your best play to run in overtime. Like it was garbage. He lost probably six yards on the play. Wow. Yeah, they had three guys all over it. And this also goes to the thing: if you're on the road and it's overtime. Go for the win. End it now. Mm-hmm. End it now. You know, don't don't go for the second overtime. Don't go for the third overtime. End it now. Go you for know? the two points. Exactly. Go for the two points. So so when you're the team that's that's going second, right? So mm-hmm. let's let's say the other team wins the toss. They go down, score. Now you get the ball. You're on the road. You go down and score. Go for two to end it. Remember, wasn't it Steven Jackson? I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, about. in a bowl in a bowl game. No, you're thinking of uh, what? What bowl game was that where we went for two? That, but that wasn't the end of the game. But that was uh, uh, Evanson Bernard in the uh, Sun Bowl. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Two thousand seven. I thought we won that game. I they thought did. we won it on that two point. They that did, but the game, but that wasn't in overtime. Okay. Okay. That was that was in regulation. That was against Missouri oh, okay. in regulation. Okay. Okay. But, but it, it was, was towards in. the end of the game, and they went for two to yeah. win. Yep. So. All right. So after that week, we had crummy weeks. You got two, and Kyle and I each got one. So it's now you at thirty, and Kyle and I at thirty-four out of forty-four. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, that's not right. Kyle got two. Oh yeah. So yeah. Well, I have it. I have it written down right. Okay. 30, Kyle got 34, two. Thirty-four. Yeah. Sorry, I yeah, just you and I got one. But you've got 30, and Kyle and I are both at 34. All right. Last game we're going to talk about, though, Beach, is Oregon State at Cal. And, Billy, give us the details, the, the synopsis. Oregon State quarterback DJ Uyongalele threw three of his five touchdown passes to tight end Jack Velling, and number 15 Oregon State beat Cal 52-40 to on Saturday night. DJU completed 19 of 25 passes for 275 yards. Backup Aiden Childs threw a TD pass on one drive cameo in the first half. And Damian Martinez ran for 89 yards and a score. Now, Oregon State scored touchdowns on five straight drives and pulled away with two TDs in the opening three minutes of the fourth quarter to open up a 49-32 lead. Martinez scored on a one-yard run on fourth down, and then Uyunglele found defensive lineman Isaac Hodgins on a two-yard score following a fumble by Ashton Stredick. Now for Cal, quarterback Fernando Mendoza threw for two TD passes in his first start, and running back Isaiah Infante scored three times for the Bears, who haven't beaten a ranked team since the 2020 season. Now Cal allowed more than 50 points for the second time this season, and for the first time at home in Coach Justin Wilcox's seven seasons. Also, Beach, 52 points, the most Oregon State has ever scored at Cal Memorial Stadium. Oh, really? Yep. It was 49 from, I think, 2013. I was at that game in 2013. 
And this one, they put up 52, most they've ever scored there. Nice. I would like to see them do that at every stadium that they are visiting for the final time. <laughs> Didn't do it at Washington State, but they're not going to be final time there probably. Yeah, yeah. So, we should uh, still have a few more games there, at least, yeah. you know, at this point. So what did you think of the game, Beach? Um, I was I, – I, the first half, I, I never felt comfortable – um, you know, I know a lot of people bitched about Jonathan Smith going for that onside kick early on in the game, but you know, you and I have talked about this, I think on the podcast that they look at odds now a lot more in favor of onside kicks going for it on fourth down. Um, you know, it used to be that it's, it's like when you, um, you know, you always hit a 17, right. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, you hit if you're, yeah. And it's they're playing the odds more now, you know, it used to always play conservative and, and I don't, um, I don't begrudge him for doing it. It was, it wasn't executed well. Well, obviously um, cost us, but, but you know, if, if it would have worked, everybody would have been cheering him. Well, obviously they saw something in film that they thought they could exploit. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's why you watch film. And I appreciate the fact that Jonathan Smith is aggressive. The Beavs were five of five on fourth down in that game, Beach. Mm. They went for it on fourth down five times. Got it all five times. I didn't realize it was all five times. Yeah. Five Rest. of five on five on fourth down. And like, you know, a couple times it was down there going for it where do you kick it and take the points that way or do you go for it, try to score the touchdown? And they went for the TD and got it. Mm-hmm. Now, so I don't, I, I appreciate that he's aggressive. I like that. I don't just like sitting back. Oh, okay. Fourth down, got a punt. I appreciate that. They do get aggressive. Um, that they obviously saw something on what Cal did on their kick returns that they thought they could exploit. Mm-hmm. Obviously Cal didn't do what they thought they were going to do. And it was a very poor execution of the onside kick. Yeah. If you watch it, that ball bounced perfectly up where that guy could catch it on the sprint and ran Mm -hmm. straight up the field. Yeah. So. And not only did it not work for us as far as recovering the ball, but it also exposed us to a big ass hole for him to run through. Exactly. So, so that sucked, but that's, what's going to happen when you're aggressive like that. Sometimes it can bite you in the, in the rear end, but you got to take the, I remember, I think it was 2019 at UCLA and Oregon state was struggling, trying to get in there and they scored and then kicked an onside kick and recovered it, went down and scored again, ended up beating UCLA in LA because of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't just, like I said, they were five or five on third on fourth down. That's being aggressive. Mm -hmm. You got to be willing for it not to work every time. So did it suck? Yes. And what was bad enough is right after that, then Bolden had the fumble after a nice gain and they went down and scored after that. So you went up being, you went from being up 14 to three to down 17 to 14 in like three minutes. That was, that was a tough pill right there. Yeah. Yeah. It it sucked. Yeah. And that's, and that's momentum in a game. but, But we were playing well and I wasn't, I wasn't too nervous. I was disappointed, but I wasn't too nervous just yet. Because yeah. it was like, well, here was two bad, two bad issues. Um, let's just not have it happen again, and we'll continue to win. Well, and then I heard people. It's so funny, people online, because they're complaining about, 
You know, the Beavs gave up too much rushing. Yeah, I, those were two pretty damn good running backs that were very hard to tackle. Very I hard. I swear to tackle. one of them was wiped. I swear one of them was wiped down with uh, with Crisco because oh. he was just. I mean, he was he was amazing. Well, and it was. It, I mean, and it looked like it was good contact, and he just kept driving forward. Yeah. You know. So and again, just... credit to them. Exactly. You know, he's a good run. You know, well, we should talk about, hey, he's a good running back. Yeah. <laughs> Give the other guys some credit. And then I heard people like, and we couldn't run the ball. The Beavs had 203 yards rushing. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you know, well, they're, the they're, told... like they're like, Damien didn't even have 100 yards. No, but as a team, they had 200 yards rushing. Damien well, that, isn't rushing the ball. You know, he isn't getting 85% of the carries. They are I, I rotating feel, all three of those guys out to keep them all fresh. Yeah, I was I was telling Dad, I feel like we've got so many more bullets in the gun than we've ever had before on offense. I agree, you and know? I really like them using Velling this week, using the tight end yeah, to receive no, that, the ball. No, that was fantastic. But, yeah, I, I just, you know, I remember back, back in Stephen Jackson era or, or uh, Ken Simonton, we had one guy, and it, it seemed like once he got notoriety, they would shut down the run. You know, yeah. and we had no, we had no choices, no nothing. And uh, I just feel with this one, our offense is so dynamic anymore um, yeah. that it's it's. Uh, I, I feel like our our opponents and, have a hard time figuring out what we're going to do. And DJ looked great. He had great command back there, just laying passes perfectly where they needed to be. I love to see the receivers going and getting the ball. Yeah, we, I mean, we, he's he's laid some nice passes. Oh, yeah. You're like one. I mean, the, the timing routes are just perfect. Yeah. But so. anyways, I mean, the the Bees are 5-1. Five 5-1 and one. Five and one after the first six games. We're halfway through the season. You're at 5-1. and one. Yeah. You're one win away from bowl eligibility. I, I just, wow. Yeah. I just don't know how you can. They're in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Pretty good spot. You know, they've got every game in the Pac-12 is going to be tough this year. And I wish people would would realize that and realize there's like I said, there's some good players that the other teams have. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. They're they're so damn good that they get free trucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyways, yeah, I just I just can't imagine how hard it is going to be to recruit when you're going to be like, yeah, we'll give you a uh, we're, we'll give you a scholarship. OK, what am I getting for my name, engine and likeness? Well, so far, I've, so far, I've got a free truck. You know, uh, a house in the in the uh, the beach house, and I, I I heard rumors. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard rumors that there was a a transfer quarterback that came to Oregon State and was looking to possibly transfer here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he wanted to know like he want. I think he wanted an apartment. I think he wanted a chef. He's like, are you gonna give me that? And they were like, uh, no. And he's like, all right, see you later. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, and I thought Childs looked good on his, uh, on his series. Yeah. He, he gets, he kind of gets me excited when I see him out there for, for as young as he is, he just has a, a strong yeah. command. And understand he just turned 18 last month. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. His birthday's in September. So he just turned 18. Um, but that was the last game they can use him with not burning his red shirt year. Gotcha. So, so are we'll, they gonna, are they gonna I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, you know, also with 
the transfer rules and the NIL stuff, you might as well use a guy when you can. Because how much? You don't know how much yeah, you I mean, lose. and I and 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 he has said he's staying. His mom has been very adamant that he's staying and going to school here, and they love the atmosphere here, and that's something that a school like Oregon State or Washington State can offer that you're more away from any problems. And I don't know. He's from, I think the Bay area somewhere, but you yeah. know, you go down to LA, but there's but a lot of other stuff that can go on. You, you can say what you want, but when people started throwing a lot of offers at you, it's hard, you know, yep. Especially how many times when you're have 18. you heard somebody say, how many times have you heard somebody say, Oh, we're committed here. And then two days later, they uh, announced they're leaving. Exactly. So yeah. All righty. Cheap. Alrighty. But anyways, great win by the Beavs. Still have things they can work on. It wasn't perfect, but you know, a great win. Great win on the road in the Pac-12. Hard to come by. Now, after that beach, it's time to talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. How are, how are the polls doing, Billy? Okay, Beach. Well, the polls came out on Sunday morning, and the AP poll, Washington is at number seven. Oregon at number eight, USC at number 10, which Ooh, Oregon, dropped. Oregon and Washington didn't move. USC dropped the spot. Kind of funny, isn't it? That is interesting. Yep. Oregon state remained at number 15. Mm-hmm. Utah didn't play and moved up to, to number 16. UCLA entered the polls at number 18 and Washington state fell to 19. Mm. So and is seven, Colorado still, rece- is no, Colorado still receiving votes? Or? Well, they only had one vote last week, and it was probably – I don't know who it was. Friend yeah, <laughs> it was probably him voting. Uh, no, I don't see any votes for Colorado in either of the polls. Mm. So there you go. All right, and in the coaches poll, Washington State moved up two to six without playing. Oregon moved up one. To number eight, USC fell two to number nine. They lost. They won and lost two spots. Oregon State moved up two spots to number fourteen. Utah didn't play. Moved up three spots to number sixteen. Washington State lost. Fell five spots to number nineteen. And UCLA jumped into the poll at number twenty-two. Hmm. So Beavs will be taking on another ranked opponent this week. Think of that, though. Seven out of the Pac-12 teams are ranked in the top 20. Yeah. Or 22. 25. 25. It's impressive as hell. Yep. Long live the Pac. All right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. (laughs) Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies truly worse in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, it's going to be leadership. Is it? Is it Mario? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> University of Miami head football coach and ex-duck football coach, Mario Cristobal. So I take it you saw that, Beach. You know, it, it, it was it was pondered as being maybe an update from Eugene, kind of from a distance. Yeah. But I thought, chances are he's probably just a jackass. Yep. And uh, and so I, I let that one go. But yeah, but I, you know, you never take points off the board. And you embrace the victory position formation. 
That's Those are what two, I always say. Solid the, football rules. The greatest form, the greatest play in football is the victory formation. Victory formation. So, Beach, the wild ending of the Miami Hurricanes Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets game on Saturday night came because of perhaps one of the worst coaching decisions in college football history. Now, the Hurricanes had the game all but one with 45 seconds left in the quarter and a 20 to 17 lead. On third and 10, it was expected that they would just kneel the ball and not risk taking any turnover whatsoever to cap their victory. Instead, the Hurricanes decided to call a run play with Donald Cheney Jr. in the backfield. It was a disastrous why, why, call for Miami. Why, why would you? Well, we'll talk about that. Cheney okay. fumbled after gaining four yards on the play, and Georgia Tech's Kyle Kennard pounced on it to change possession with 33 seconds left. Cristobal said after the game, quote, we should have taken a knee. Now, Beach, Miami you, needed you to get think? a you now, think? Yeah. Miami needed to get a stop, but Georgia Tech quarterback Haynes King had a comeback victory in mind. He threw a pass complete to Malik Rutherford for 30 yards to get into Miami territory. Then he found Christian Leary for a 44-yard TD, flipping the score to 23-20 to with one second to play. Wow. Miami and everyone watching the game was stunned. And if you were listening to the to the broadcast, you hear the color analysts go, I'm going to say it, it needs to be said, that's one of the biggest coaching mistakes at this level that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And it's funny, Beach, because the whole time when it looks like they're lining up for a play, they're all going like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? This can only end bad. And Beach, the Hurricanes were about to move to 5-0 and on the season. But instead, they suffered their first loss and... It was an in-conference loss in the ACC also. Uh. And you ask, why did they do it? I think because Crystal Ball isn't just a jackass. I think he's... He play... He's not aggressive. He mm-hmm. plays with his testicles. He, he plays with his testicles? Well, I'm just saying... That, I mean, that I, sounds I, odd. Things I don't even know, Billy. <laughs> that sounds odd. But no, he he play, he he's too freaking macho for his own good. There I, was there was things that happened when he came to Oregon and started running. Uh, they started running conditioning in the off season, and mm-hmm. and there was uh, tales of guys yakking their guts out and passing out and. You know, he was one of those guys like, you know, you're going to be in shape and you're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I think that he thought that taking a knee wasn't manly enough. Does that I make mean, sense? I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I view it as the only benefit of it but, is padding the stats. But my and thing that, is, the only thing that can happen is bad. Yeah, exactly. Right? right? You yeah. fumble the ball or possibly your guy gets hurt. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Why when you can just take a knee? It, it makes That's, no it, sense. Part, part of taking the knee is the game. I mean, that's exactly. part of the game. Exactly. It's, it's not shameful at all. It's part of the game. No. Like I said, to me, it's the best formation in football. When your team gets to line up in that victory formation, so they've got everyone piled in close, there's one, usually a receiver deep, just in case anything goes sideways, and the quarterback takes a snap and takes a knee. And it was just stupid, stupidest thing I've ever seen. So Mario Chris, 
I wonder if he's going to lose his job over that one. I don't know. Mario Cristobal, for being a jackass and not taking a knee, you get this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week. All right. There we go. I just saw that, and I was laughing. I'm like, what a moron. What an idiot. Yeah. All right, Beads, it's now time for our musical interlude, and it is your pick. It is. So I, I, I was debating between two, and I ultimately picked this one. I'll, I'll bring the other one probably in two weeks. Um, so and I, I, Well, I'll just start this one. So this song was released as a single on July 28th, 2022. Um, and it uh, wasn't released with any album, just, just dropped as a single. Uh, it was meant as a tribute to his former band, and especially Eddie Van Halen, who died two years earlier even though the track was recorded back in 2016. I looked all over the internet for details uh, on this on this song because uh, the memories that Dave is talking about, um, he references a ton of stuff in this song, but I don't know what any of the stuff is. And normally a guy like Dave who talks and talks and talks and talks, he never released any information on this song at all. Um, but... Um, that being said, uh, John Five, uh, who is the guitarist, nails uh, the mu- the um, the acoustic guitar on this thing. Uh, not only is it gorgeous, but incredibly detailed. Uh, it only took him a few takes to do it, and he's actually been talking about this song since he recorded it in 2016, wishing Dave would finally release it, which he did last year. Um, apparently, Dave was taking his own sweet time. But uh, so here it is. Uh, David Lee Roth featuring John Five on guitar. Nothing could have stopped us back then anyway. Television off that balcony That memory means so much to me No doubt in me I do believe that no one Listens to both sides Except the neighbors Fine art of compromise Happy losing half a mind Cause she'll lose her half later First taste of being victim Of the very songs I sing up with say goodbye and I hope I hear good things walk away walk away nothing could have stopped us back then anyway safety pin the tablecloth to my pants and i stood up to the sound of dancing and the sound of our romance beginning kicked out the restaurant to make the night complete six pack and a happy meal on a park bench down the street dinner with tennessee's elite once upon a time is how a fairy tale sells it Sit down, you won't believe 
this shit is how the trucker tells it. Strike up the band, high the piper, we will pay. Nothing could have stopped us back then anyway. great song beach I, I i love that song yeah like i said I, I wish i knew all of the little stories dave's talking about between you know having mcdonald's in tennessee and and dumping a tv out the window mm-hmm. but uh but you you can just i you know the only thing i kind of wish they would have referenced i was thinking about this when i i listened to it earlier today was uh he should have said something about like brown m&ms <laughs> so but I, that'd have been funny <laughs> yeah you know you so. talk about dave not talking I don't think Dave's in the best of health. You know, he was supposed to do that. Uh, Residency. Um, yeah. And that got canceled. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's in the best of health. Yeah. I wonder what he's fighting. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think. Uh, I, I think he's got some kind of uh, disease that he's fighting. Hmm. Personally. Yeah, his his voice hasn't sounded good. I, I, so he's been releasing a bunch of stuff lately, which are just covers of his original Van Halen tunes. And I'm like, oh, we'll take a listen to this. And God, they're terrible. I'm like, the the the, the music is flat, the guitar is flat, his voice is terrible. And um, th- this particular song we just listened to, I think because he recorded it back in 2016. His voice still had some some sound to it. A little bit, but his voice, yeah. his he really hammered his voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, back in the early days, and I don't mm-hmm. think he took care of it. I'm surprised at how good Axl Rose's voice still sounds. With, yeah. With how much strain he puts on it, but Absolutely. he's notorious for taking care of his voice. Yeah, or canceling shows when he can't talk. Yeah. I, I saw him do one. And it was when he was doing Guns N' Roses and ACDC at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he's singing. You can tell he's just he has nothing left of his voice. Yeah. Because uh, I, I couldn't imagine trying to perform both of those because both of those are just belting out lyrics. I mean, just yeah. screaming. Yeah. So, hell, I, I can't even sit an Oregon State game and, and scream for a quarter or two without screwing up my voice for the next day. Yeah, my voice is so. screwed up for all of the fall. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I've damaged my voice over the years. My voice isn't the same that it was 15 years ago mm-hmm. it's it's just hammered just age and and all the strain i've put on it all right beach good pick um let's move on to our week number seven preview for the pack 12 week seven week seven over halfway through the season already it's gone so fast all right so i've got kyle's email here we still hate you kyle and uh looks like we've got one, two, three, four, five, six game oh, well, five games to pick, six games to kind of chat about. First mm-hmm. game, we've got a game on Friday night beach, October thirteenth. Ooh, Friday the thirteenth. First up, Stanford at Colorado. Well, I'm picking prime time. You're taking prime time. I too am taking Colorado. Kyle says Hello from Minneapolis. Heading out to Matt's for a Juicy Lucy here in the next few minutes. It's just down the block. That's awesome. So we went to Matt's. Mm-hmm. 
when we were in Minnesota in when was that 2016? Has it been that long ago? It was a long damn time ago, Beach. I think it was 2016. We were with uh, Devin and Ryan. Yep, yep, yep. Good times. And we went to Matt's and had a Juicy Lucy there. It was it was huh? good. It was, that's a Friggin weird bird. place because it's like, you know, neighborhood kind of. Well, and then on top of that, that crap, with it's like hot lava coming out of that damn oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good. Well, and, then, well, and then all they have is like the one grill there in a deep fryer, isn't it? Yeah, they didn't have a lot of stuff to, to – Yeah, it's not like you're going to get – Yeah, it's pretty simple – just a simple setup. So, all right. So Kyle says Stanford versus Colorado. Dion's mediocre hot garbage still beats the Cardinal. <laughs> yep, I kind of, kind of agree with you on that one. All right. Rest of the games beach are on Saturday, October fourteenth. First up, Cal at Utah. Well, I think uh, after having a week off, I I think the little baby goats are gonna I, I think the little baby goats are gonna win this one. You're taking Utah. Kyle says, baby goats for the win. (laughs) All right. Um, We did find out this week that Cam Rising, the quarterback for Utah, his knee surgery and the damage that had been done to it was a lot worse off than they had released. And I don't know if he's going to be back yet. Wow. I'm going to take Cal. Well, mm. Utah's defense is just damn good. Pick a I'm, side. I'm going to take Utah. Playing the line. I'm going to take Utah. I, I just I think I think that quarterback, that Mendoza for Cal is probably a better start for them. But now that Utah has a week and see some film on well, him, I think they'll be able to be ready for him. If if you're just trying to maintain your lead, it's smart to pick Utah. I'm not trying to maintain anything, Beach. Uh, sure you're not. Next up, Oregon at Washington. You know that uh, that Heather bitch from US ESPN? Yeah. She can suck it. Washington's going to kick Oregon's ass. You're taking UW. Kyle says Huskies should win, but I think the Ducks will w- end up winning. So he's taking Oregon. I'm taking UW. It's in Seattle. It's hard that's to win on I'm, the road. That's and, what I'm thinking. And yep. Washington's pretty good. Washington's damn good. And I don't think Oregon will be able to keep up with that passing attack. So, all right. Ooh, next up, Arizona at Washington State. It's tough to win in the Palouse. Wazoo. Wazoo. Kyle says, less turnovers and Cougs end up winning. I, too, am taking Wazoo because it, it, it's hard to win on the road, especially up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, next up, USC at Notre Dame. Ooh. Touchdown, Jesus. I'm, I'm with uh, – That's what Kyle I'm, says. Kyle says, touchdown, Jesus, Notre Dame. Yep, that's that. Is that what you're doing? That's what I'm doing. Same here, because I don't think USC is very good. And that's it for our picks for the week. And last up, Beach, UCLA at Oregon. State at uh, Oregon State. Oregon State, yeah. Kyle says. Oh my God! Oh my God! You well, just said that. I'm putting something down. Kyle says, and Beavers win all day long. Go Beavs. So what do you think, Beach? 
Um, I think it's going to be a darn good game. I do too. Um, I, I despise bitch tits. I do too. I've uh, got my, I've got my bitch tits sh- shirt hanging out, ready to go. Okay, good, good. Ready to go for this. I pulled it out this morning, Sunday morning. Mom, mom, mom made a comment when she was watching the game yesterday that uh, he's looking a little bit more portly than, than he, his, his neck is huge. Look at his he neck. Had, he didn't have much of a neck before. It, it, it's just one lump that goes straight up to his head. Doesn't slender out, right? No. Just just goes straight from chin to chin to shoulder. Yeah. Cheek so, from chin to shoulder. Yeah. So, but I've got my Chip Kelly has bitch tits shirt that my lovely wife had made for me a couple years ago. Do you still have yours? Uh, no, I do not. What'd you do with it? It was always, oh, well, I had to, I, I think I, I think I probably, you purge it, it was too tight. It was too small. Oh yeah. And so I just didn't, I didn't like wearing it because it was too tight on me. Oh, yeah. And now I've lost weight, so I probably could wear it now, but I got rid of the shirt because I purge my closet about once a year. Oh. Well, so, I'm wearing mine. Mine's out and ready to go. Okay. Be word proudly. Chip Kelly has bitch tits. She had it made when Chip was at Oregon because I hated the guy so much. How many years ago was that? I don't know, but I still got it. Nice. All right. Uh, but I think the, uh, the beef, it's going to be another tough game. I, I think all these games are going to be good to watch. Mm-hmm. So, um, even Stanford and Colorado might be interesting to watch. Maybe. Yeah. So, well, but, we'll be no, able think... we'll be able to watch the Oregon Washington game early because I think it's twelve thirty, so we'll be able to watch that before the Beaver game. And ours is at five. Yep. Good. I like a five o'clock game. So we'll be able to watch it at the Tailgater Beach. And so now it's time to talk uh, for this week's Heinrich Tailgater. How's the weather looking for us? Um, I think. 60s and cloudy. That's not bad. It's supposed to be kind of crappy this week, but I think a little Saturday, chilly, but not wet. I think Saturday was 60s and cloudy. Okay. So, all right, Beach. So this is a Heinrich Tailgater week, and because we're playing LA, we're going to be serving danger dogs. And what is a danger dog, Billy? Well, Beach, a danger dog is a hot dog that has been wrapped in bacon, it's served on a hot dog bun with various toppings. It's also known as a bacon-wrapped hot dog or a Sonoran-style hot dog because it was first sold by street vendors in Mexico. Now, the name Danger Dog Beach comes from the perceived lack of food safety precautions taken by the street vendors who sell them, many of which are unlicensed and lacked refrigeration. In Los Angeles, the Danger Dog is known as the bacon-wrapped hot dog. Vendors can be found cooking them on stainless steel baking trays over sternal heat sources outside of bars, concerts, sporting events, and other late-night establishments. And they are completely unsanctioned and unlicensed. And, and the, the, uh, the uh, police don't do a damn thing about it. No, because they don't want the optics of that. Because it would look racist. Yep. Now, the bacon wrap usually consists of a bacon-wrapped hot dog. Um, then they'll have grilled onions and bell peppers, ketchup, mustard, mayo, grilled jalapeno peppers. Mm-hmm. And actually, Beach, after a public campaign in 2010. Real jalapeno, wouldn't that be Chipotle? No. These are just like, uh, just throwing the hop, the jalapeno on the grill to get it some char. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. Now, after a public campaign in 2010, the L.A. City Council proclaimed the break and wrapped to be the official hot dog of L.A. Really? Yeah. So the official hot dog of L.A. is an illegal hot dog. Pretty much. Nice. I mean, kind of figured, isn't it? It, you know, L.A. You know, what's nice now is if any of they did arrest any of them, 
there's no more bail bonds in uh, L.A. Yeah, so it wouldn't matter. So, so you just, so you just, you, they just, they book you, and then you can leave and do it all over again. Yeah. And then don't show up, and yep. then they book you again, and you don't have to pay any money. Yeah. And so uh, we'll have our normal stuff, um, lots of fries and deep fried stuff for you to cook. I was also mm-hmm. going to bring out our new acquisition. What is our new acquisition? That small oven Ooh. that I got. Yeah. And I was going to have you cook up some pretzels. And I was going to get get some beer cheese. Ooh. Get some beer cheese. Some pretzels and beer cheese. Well, so we're going to have nacho cheese and beer cheese and onions and peppers. And okay. then all the other condiments you could want to throw on there. Okay. Sound good? Sounds awesome. But I figured we could have that small uh, oven and we'll cook pretzels in there. And then you can uh, use beer cheese with them too. Yeah, I, I do love I do love good pretzel. I do love some good beer cheese. Cool. And I do love beer. I mean, this is going to be tough because I'm going to be like, do I want to put beer cheese or nacho cheese on my hot dog? Yeah. Because it really changes the whole dynamic of the dog itself. Exactly. And I got some big all beef franks that will wrap okay. in bacon. Okay. <laughs> huh. Is that good? Think about yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to think about this one. Yeah. Now, what time are we going to start serving food? Um, well, uh, my thought is probably like one o'clock. I was thinking between 12 and one. Yeah. But probably let's have it ready to go at 1230 when the duck game starts. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. And, um, what I'm going to do is just grill up the dogs and we're going to throw them in one of the, uh, chafing dishes. Okay. And so people okay. can dog up their own bun and just kind of go. You're going to put some, some, uh, 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 beer in there. Wasn't going or, to. No, they're because they're already gonna have the bacon on them, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that way they can just kind of we'll just put them in the chafing dish, and that way people can grab a bun and dog like put seven, up their dog. Like Seven Eleven roller food without the rollers. Correct. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Anything else you want to add? Um, I got uh, I got nothing. I'm 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 excited for the game. Um, I like a five o'clock game. I think it's going to be a fun tailgater. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a good weekend. I agree. I agree. And, and we have a good shot. And we have a good shot. Well, hope, hopefully, hopefully, we have a perfect weekend. Let's hope so. We haven't had any of those yet. Nope. We haven't had any of those yet. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 206 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send us Jessica or ask a question. There are a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, or HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Please leave a rating review. Beach. Bill A. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, meet you at your house at... Uh... What, 5 o'clock in the morning? Damn early, that's right. Damn early. And we'll get okay. out there and get going. All right. All right. Hopefully good. we'll see a lot of people out uh, at the tailgater on Saturday. And for this week, here's a great big Go Beeves.
Squeege. Okay, make sure we are recording. I was listening to podcast today. Are you and listening to podcasts? I do on occasion. I mean, I listen to um, Ben Shapiro regularly, and then I occasionally listen to um, um, who's the guy on Daily Wire? Uh, who, um, Matt the Walsh. Author. Oh, no, the um, Andrew Clavin. Andrew Clavin. <laughs> he makes me laugh sometimes. His sarcasm is really good. But then. Um, uh, my friend Bob owns mall. He, uh, he got me hooked on one called Wealthion, and uh, so I'm I'm cleaning my garage this morning, and uh, I'm like, oh, I'll listen to the current one. It looked kind of interesting, and so it's playing while I'm sweeping and, and moving stuff, and and uh, he's and he's interviewing a guy, which that's what he does is he interviews people who are in the know, and uh, he says he goes uh, I'm uh, just to let you people know uh, we've already done 45 minutes of this interview, but we failed to record it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, hey, been there, done that. <laughs> Even guys that get paid for this do it. I can't give Billy too much crap. So, and as he's going through the interview, he goes, now we're finally caught up to a new question that you haven't already heard before. He, he was more than happy to admit his failure. That was that was good. Yeah. So, anyway. So. All right. You ready to do this? Yep. <clears throat> Got my little monster cookie next to me. Oh, lucky butthead. Mm-hmm. Um, let me open up my water. Let me let me take a sip of my tasty beverage. Did you get that reference? No, what is it? May I have a sip of your tasty beverage? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulp fiction. Big- Big Kahuna Bird. What's funny is you and I watched all those movies in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, we watched that. We, you and I actually saw Shawshank Redemption in the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a good year for movies. It was. It was. I think it, uh, 93 wasn't too bad. 93, 94. 94. Shawshank I guess was 94. Been, I guess it was 94. It was, but yeah. Pulp Fiction was 94. Forrest Gump was 94. I think Speed was 94. Wow. Yeah. Lion King was 94. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, you ready to do this? Yes. <sighs> wow. Need a fart, too, or are you okay? Okay, I'm ready now. All right. All the air has left the body. The wild ending of the Miami Hurricanes Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets game on Saturday night became. All right, Beach, that was good. That was pretty good. We didn't know how to handle my uh, my update from Eugene. Yeah. I like beer. <laughs> <laughs>